Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. So I want to talk to you tonight about from going from prayer requests to praise. I want you to take your Bible, and I want you to turn to the book of Acts, chapter number 2. Now, remember, we're still dealing with things that have to do with your praying time and your fasting times, okay? If you want, if you want more benefit and you want uh, more fulfillment, what I'm going to share with you tonight is something that I have learned that will help you in your times of prayer and fasting, all right? I want you to look at Acts chapter number 2, and we're going to look at verse number 46 and 47. Now, this is talking about the church. This is talking in the book of Acts when, you know, the church was multiplying, the church uh, was prevailing, and I mean, God was pouring out His Spirit and mighty things were happening. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Now I want us to look there. It's talking about that they ate together, they went from house to house. And see, that is something in our society that we're losing more and more. Well, I don't want anybody to come over to my house. I just want it to be, you know, just me. I, I don't want anybody to see my house. I'm ashamed of my house. Uh, I'm not used to being around people and blah, blah, and just on and on and on. If you are a Christian, God expects you to mingle with other Christians. You're not connected to every person, but God does connect you into the body. And when he does, there are certain elements of fellowship that are important. And these people were, first of all, in one accord. That denotes unity and harmony. How many churches are not in unity? And how many churches, and when I say church, I'm talking about us, the people in the church. There is no harmony. There is no symphony, as Matthew 18 talks about it. You know, it, it's just, you know, if you, if you heard when everybody's warming up their instruments and, you know, there's no harmony, it's just, you know, and here we're going just all kinds of noise. Well, many times in the local church, that is the way it is. There's no harmony. There's no unity. And we're contending over things that don't make any difference. And it is stopping us from getting into that flow of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of His Spirit. And consequently, we're dry, dead, and twice plucked up by the roots in our churches, and that is a sad thing, isn't it? When God wants us to flourish and be on fire for Him, but we'd rather bicker and we'd rather be in strife and, you know, contend for this and contend for that. But thank God they weren't doing that. And see, He gives us an example. He said they came together in one accord in unity and they went from house to house, not gossiping and spreading lies, but they ate together, they fellowship together, they read the Word of God together in their homes, they prayed together, there was harmony and unity among that group. And I tell you, when the fire of the Holy Spirit is in your presence, you need to get in harmony and unity. And listen to this, though. 
praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now, I want to talk to you just a minute about the praise, praising God. See, this was something that took place in the early church. They were praising God. How many years I was raised in the local church and we never praised the Lord. Because if we did, people would think that we're insane. That there's something wrong with us. When we sing a song like, I will worship at your feet. Do you know some people get embarrassed about that? Well, you know, that's just degrading. No, that's acknowledging that Jesus Christ gave his life for us. And he redeemed us from hell. And because he did that, we can worship at his feet. We can lift our hands to give him praise. Well, but you know, I'm this in the community and I'm that in the community. Well, that's great. I'm glad God's given you a position in the community. How much more then do we need to take the presence of God into whatever we're doing for him? Now, I'm not talking about being foolish and doing foolish things that people don't understand. But folks, when I come to church, I don't care who's here. If I go to another church, I don't care who is there. When there's a gathering of people and it's time to praise God or worship, I don't care who's there. But you know what? I didn't used to be that way. I wasn't that way. I guess I had a lot of pride and didn't even really know it. But see, that early church, they were praising God continually. And so when we come together and, 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 you know, we need to be praising God, we're going to pray. We have requests. But, you know, there comes a time where you just come into his courts with thanksgiving and enter into his presence with praise and worship and thanksgiving. That is the right thing to do. And if the church wants to have power, we better praise God and we better be worshipers of the Lord. Now I've seen people, you know, they'd be so full of sin, just living in sin. And you know, I'm not talking about, you know, just pretending. I'm talking about people who are surrendered to the Lord. None of us are perfect. But when we mess up, we, you know, and we know that things are not right in our life, that we get them right. And then we can come into the presence of God and we can worship and praise. But you know, when we, um, you know, stand in a position and we, you know, with our hands lifted and we just want to put on a show, that, that, that doesn't do anything. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't change a thing. That doesn't empower us. Not at all. So, you know, we must worship God, the Bible says, in spirit and in truth. So we worship God through the Holy Spirit and according to the Word of God. And you know, if you read the book of Psalms, it has so many things that it tells us about. Clap your hands, you know, as praise unto God. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph and victory. And you know, there's been many times I've shouted and I felt anything but victorious. 
But you know, there's just something about lifting up your voice and shouting unto the Lord. Now, some of you came from churches. How many of you came from shouting churches? A few of you, yeah. You know, in the church, they'd shout. You know, and that was when the Spirit of God came on people, and they didn't know what else to do, you know. But here, we're shouting and praising, and so, you know, pretty much, we just all blend in, you know. But but in some of those churches, you know, that you might have been involved in, you know, when the Spirit of God came up on somebody, they'd start shouting like that, you know, because the Holy Spirit came. But it would only come upon one or two or three. But now, you know, he can come upon all of us and we can shout unto God. But in the book of Psalms, it tells us a lot about praising and how that we should worship and come before the Lord. Now, really, if you, if you want to think about it, praise eulogizes God for what he's done. You remember how the children of Israel, when they crossed that Red Sea, you know, and, and you remember how, uh, I think, is it in the book of Jeremiah where it talks about um, the horse and the rider? It talks about that in there, uh, about how God destroyed the horse and the rider. And so all of that, you know, is giving praise for what God did. And so when we praise, it's different than worship. So praise is really lifting up the Lord for what he has done in our life. Or, you know, a lot of times I will praise God through the scriptures. You know, Lord, I just want to thank you that for the, you know, for Daniel, you know, you delivered him in the lion's den. If you delivered him, Lord, you can do that for me, you know. I just like to remind the Lord of those things and praise Him for what He did for someone else knowing that He can do the same for me. Amen? And so we can go from our prayer requests into praise. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking God for things we need in our life. We need to do that. But we need to move on into some things. Amen? Now, Luke 24, 50 through 53, it says, And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. And so we see another example here of praise being lifted up to the Lord. Now, turn to Acts chapter number 13. I want us to look at one here. Now there, verse number one, now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul and they ministered to the Lord and fasted and as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. Now, I want you to see this. They were set, setting themselves apart uh, during a fasting time. And I'm sure it doesn't say it, but you know they were praying. They were praying and they were making requests about things that they knew that needed to happen uh, to spread this gospel message that God had entrusted to them. So you know that they were calling on the Lord. They were in a time of prayer and fasting like we are. And the Bible said they ministered unto the Lord. 
Now, what is ministering? Ministering is worshiping. It's serving. It's exalting. It's lifting up the Lord. They ministered to the Lord. So I'm going to tell you something. When we come together in church, um, we, we have these times of ministering to the Lord. But I want you to think about this. You can minister to the Lord in your own private prayer devotional time. When you're on a time of prayer and fasting and there's nobody else around you, he says that this, group, this was a small group that had gotten together. And they were praying and fasting and ministering to the Lord. They were praising and lifting up the name of Jesus, and in the middle of that, one translation says, God manifested himself. Now, when we get in times of praise and worship, really lifting up the Lord, that is a time that we need to expect God to speak and minister to us and give us a word, give us the direction that we need. And you see, if you're really doing this and you're, you're, you're founded upon the Word of God, you're not going to be hearing all these flaky words, you know, that, that we so much in the charismatic circles hear about. And it's embarrassing sometimes. But, you know, when you do it God's way and you're praying and you're fasting and you're ministering to the Lord, we can expect... God to come and give us a word from heaven. Words that we need. Call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know about. What are those? In, in Ephesians 1, which I've told you I've been really meditating on that. It, uh, there, Ephesians 1, in those scriptures, uh, James, it is talking about the secrets and mysteries in the kingdom of God. Secrets and mysteries into the kingdom. Do you know that there's things about my life and your life that are hidden from common gaze? Which, If you get into Jeremiah, that's what that means. You get up, call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things that are hidden. It really means subliminally hidden. Nobody else can see it. It's hidden in there, but God can give you revelation. He can give you a secret. He can give you a, 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 a look into the mystery and bring it up to where you can see it in your life. Intimate knowledge really is what it's talking about. Intimate knowledge God can give you. You know what? Not everybody gets in that place of secrets and mysteries in, in things that are hidden from common gaze. Many Christians live at the common gaze. There's just, you know, what's on the surface. But God is wanting us in our times of getting before Him and praying and fasting and ministering to the Lord and praise and worship. He wants us to get into this time that, that He manifests Himself to us and He shows us and gives us direction and guides us and tells us things, tells us what's out there and tells us, you know, what's withholding in our life and tells us, you know, where problem areas are and tells us in relationships what needs to be done. It's a place that is so special in the Lord. It's a place that we all can go if, if we desire to go there. But these men, 
set themselves apart on a time of prayer and fasting, and they began ministering to the Lord. You know the story about Paul and Silas when they were in jail, and they had, their backs had been beaten, and, and they got in there, in that jail, and they began to magnify the Lord. Well, you know, instead of being there and saying, Oh my God, what did I do that God allowed this to happen to me? What is it that, you know, that, it, what is my problem? You know, instead of saying that, they began to say, God, get glory out of this somehow. I don't know how you're going to do it. But I know you will. And they began to sing. And they began to praise the Lord. Singing and praising the Lord is powerful. Did you hear me? There was a time in my life and God spoke to me and he said, You've lost your song. And I knew I had. And I didn't know how to get it back. But you know what? I just began to crowd into the Lord. I just begin to crowd in. Sometimes, see, when things happen in our life that we don't understand, we start backing off and going into a corner. But you know what I had to do? I had to say, God, I trust you come hell or high water, and I'm crowding into you. It's painful, and and this is hard and difficult, but I'm going to press on in. Instead of backing up and going to the corner, like we, it, it, I guess maybe it's just a human response. I don't know, but we need to crowd in. And when we crowd in there, you know, it is amazing. I'm not a singer, but it is amazing when I get in those places sometimes with the Lord and when my heart is hurting and when things are going on with my life, in my life and God will come and drop a song in my heart and I'll begin to sing that song. And you may think that's crazy. I don't know. But I'll begin to sing that song. With my praise, I find your strength. And I'll just begin to sing that song. And sing that song. And sing that song. And if I have to march around, Alicia, and march around and sing in that song, you know. And all I'm telling you, I feel like one of those shouting Baptists. I just want to start shouting. But I didn't feel that way in the beginning. But see, God wants us to, just like Paul and Silas, when things are bad, when our backs have been beaten, when things, you know, uh, make us feel discouraged and downtrodden, God wants to give us a song at midnight. At midnight is the darkest hour. At midnight is when the enemy comes in to try to, uh, you know, just speak his lies and deception into our, our minds. But you know, if we'll put a song in our mouth and in our heart, see that song, you know, that I told you that God gives me sometimes, it won't be the same song. It's different for whatever, you know, time that I'm in. And that song that he puts there, it brings a strength to me because I start extolling the Lord. I start lifting him up. I start lifting him up. For, for what he's done for me. And then I start worshiping him. Now listen, see, worship is really not so much about what he's done, but who he is. When you get into worship, you worship him because of who he is. He's the God, the creator of the whole earth. And he has redeemed us by his blood. And you get into that place. 
And you crowd on in. And I'm telling you, it is transforming. I can feel the energy of the Holy Spirit hit me at those times. And I know that God is doing something for me. Amen? Now, real quickly, because I've got to hurry here. Turn uh, over to Ephesians. I wasn't even going to talk this long, but I'm going to finish, complete this thought. Ephesians chapter number 5. I'm going to start reading with verse number 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Would you say that we're in that time? I sure would. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We're going to hear right here the next verse what the will of the Lord is for our life. Speaking... Oh, well, I skipped down, didn't I? Verse number 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled or be being filled or be ever filled with the Spirit. Now, see, I believe in 1977, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. But you know, today I am still full of the Holy Spirit. I've had lots of experiences, draining experiences, drying Uh, experiences, if you will, but I am not depleted of the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And you see, here God gives us a way. He said, stay full, be ever filled. In other words, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, stay full of the Holy Spirit. I don't think that we have to have these great highs and then crash. I believe that God will take us steadily, 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 steadily up with Him, up with Him, up with Him. And He's changing us from glory to glory, isn't He? And I believe that's the way our walk with the Lord is. Now, I I have been at times where I did feel like I was not full of the Holy Spirit, just like you have. But I don't live there. You know, I have times maybe where that might happen. But I don't live in that place. For the most part, I want to do what it says here, be ever filled with the Spirit. Now listen, this tells you how to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I just know if so-and-so lays their hands on me, well, I'm not going to say that that's not going to help because I believe it will. If so-and-so prays for you, I believe that it can help you. But I'm going to tell you, you don't need to be looking for so-and-so. You can do this yourself. Listen. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So he's saying speaking to yourself. He didn't say you have to speak it to someone else. Now, sometimes when we come together, people do have a song that maybe God gave them and he wants them to share it. Or people have a psalm that God gave them and when they come together with a group, they may share it with with the group so that it edifies and builds up the rest. But you know, God may not give that to you for that purpose. At all. He gives it to you to help you. Speaking to yourself. Well, people will think you're crazy if you speak to yourself. 
Well, what you don't know is they think you're crazy anyway, so just go ahead and do it. (laughs) Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Is there ever a time where we sing a song here and you go through the week singing it? See, speaking to yourself, that, that is energizing you. That is building you up. That is helping you to stay full of the Holy Spirit. But see, then there's times that God, like I shared, He gives me a song. And I'll sing that song. And I'll sing it. And I'll sing it. And I'll sing it. And I tell you, it's just like Paul and Silas. I feel like the jail... You know, uh, the bars are being shaken and the doors are flying open. I really do feel that way. You see, and, but, but I didn't know that that was possible. I didn't know that until I read this scripture. And God wants us uh, to not always go before Him asking for things, petitioning Him. He wants us to go from those prayer requests to praise, into worship, singing, making melody in our hearts to the Lord. And like Paul and Silas, when things get tough and bad, we get that song in our heart, that song in our mouth, and God will come on the scene. And I tell you, it rattles the devil too. You know, some of the words that God gives me sometimes, and I'll just sing them, and I know what it's doing. It's just tearing the devil up because he thinks, I've got her where I want her. She's, you know, over a barrel, and she's this, and she's that. But, you know, when I start singing praise and worship to God, he's saying, I don't understand. I don't understand. She, she's forgotten this and that and the other that I've done. No, I didn't forget. I chose to exalt God above all that. And at midnight, sing praises unto God and stay full of the Holy Spirit. That is not just for one or the other. I'm telling you something. Everybody that is in this room tonight, it's for you. If you want to know how to defeat the devil, if you want to know how to keep him out of your life, I'm sharing a way here that will keep him at bay. Because it's when you start praising and worshiping God and singing about how great is our God, when you start singing that, it's like curse words to the devil. He has to put his hands over his ears. He can't stand it. You remember the wicked witch on The Wizard of Oz? And she just started melting. I just, I just see the devil. He just starts melting away. We well, say that's crazy. Well, maybe it is, but he just, he can't stay. He cannot stand. Amen. Well, I, you know, there's just a few things I wanted to share with you tonight. And I want you to remember those things. You know, when you're in a time of prayer, fasting, or not, just you're before the Lord, just remember that you can stay full of the Spirit of God, and it's not what someone else has to do for you. It's what God has said that you can do to stay full of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to be dry. And, and, and you know, lacking the, the water of the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. 
We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.